0: I apologize for taking your time. Thank you so much in advance for your support. Enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Unboxing Judaism podcast. My name is Rabbi Ari Wolby. And I'm Rabbi Yaakov Nagel. And we have the distinct honor of coming to you from Houston, Texas, even though it is scorching heat in Houston and very intense humidity. It is an absolute awesome day here in Houston. and. We had another episode we wanted to share with you. The topic today is a question that I get pretty often from students where they're asking, okay, we know that a married woman, according to the Torah, according to Halacha, needs to cover her hair. And what, over the last about 100 years, maybe even more, women have been covering their hair with something called a shetel or a wig. And in many cases, those wigs or shetels look better than their real hair. So, if this is the question as I receive it, and Rabbi, you, we, can, we can expand on this, but this, the question is if the whole idea of a woman covering her hair because she's married is to be more modest, then having a shetel or a wig, which looks better than her real hair, is defeating the whole purpose. So, Rabbi Nagel, what do you say?
1: So, just to take apart this uh, question, it's very important to understand a lot of times where questions are coming from and what they're trying to point out. Um, So, a lot of times people asking questions, they mean it in a sort of like a gotcha matter, meaning since, there's no point because it's less modest, perhaps sometimes. So therefore, why bother? Why bother with any covering? Why bother with any covering? Exactly, and that's the and that's sometimes it's an excuse. It's not. It's a good question, a very valid question. And in fact, there are many uh, different opinions on a sheitel, and there are many rabbis who prefer other methods of covering hair.
0: So can we can we go back to the original source in the Torah? Yeah, what let's, is the let's source? discuss
1: where it comes from. Um, and it's actually a Torah-based source. It's not from. It's not imaginary. Okay, it's not a, made up by a bunch of rabbis. It wasn't a bunch of rabbis in a dark room somewhere, smoke-filled room, trying to figure out what can we do to make life more difficult for for our, for the Jews for the Jews, right? Like it's not difficult enough. No, it's actually Torah-based, and uh, that's, let's, let's start with that, and then we'll analyze the halacha, and then we'll try and understand where, you know, perhaps a little deeper understanding.
0: So I, I believe the source is in the Book of Numbers, when the Torah talks about, at the end of Parshas Nasso, when it talks about the woman who is accused by her husband of being an adulterous woman, so it says in chapter 5, verse 18, And the kohel shall stand the woman before Hashem, before the court, and he shall uncover the head of the woman. And he shall put upon her, upon her palms the meal offering of remembrance, a meal offering of jealousies. So if, you, if you're following right.
1: what, what it's talking about, so this is a woman who was... Accused, of having, accused of having an adulterous affair. Accused of having an adulterous affair with someone other than her husband. And, um, and it was more than just an accusation. The husband warned her not to be with that particular man because he already had a suspicion. And then she uh, directly went and secluded herself alone with that other man. Um, and then there's this process to sort of determine whether indeed she was guilty or not, because nobody knows what happened behind the closed doors. And part of the process is that she undergoes this denigration of having her hair uncovered, um, which right away tells you that it is the normal behavior of married women to have their hair covered as part of a sign that they're married. And that they are attached to a particular man, and this is sort of the punishment for having done something to uh, breach that bond between husband and wife.
0: So it, it, it's a very interesting thing because we can get into the whole idea. You know, the, <laughs> the, the questions vary so greatly. Like the question that many people have asked me is: "Does your wife's here shaven?" completely shaved off and has a wig on top of a shaved head? The answer is no. Uh, But there are those who do. And just to deal with that issue as well. So we know that the hair is supposed to be covered for any woman who's married. But the next question is, do they shave off their hair? The answer is that the majority of people do not do that. And those who do, do it because of an extra stringency where a woman who goes to the mikvah after a, a... Process of purity, of purification. A woman who goes to the mikvah cannot have even two hairs that are knotted together. They have to be completely unknotted in every way possible. As an extra stringency, there are some people who unknotting the hair would be too difficult or perhaps not perfect, so they shave off their entire head so as to ensure that when they go into the mikvah, there is no two hairs knot it together. But there is no obligation for an ordinary person who doesn't want to take upon themselves the stringency to shave off their head. Okay, so that's just another thing. So a a typical married woman will have her here and cover it and only reveal that here in front of her husband.
1: So there you go. Okay. Now, getting back to the actual question, which is, isn't it Not modest to look better. Um, when she's, her hair is covered with a wig that is perhaps more beautiful than her own natural hair. So that's a, it's a valid question. But if the method of the question or the sense of the question is, is that I'm trying to avoid doing what the law requires altogether. So then that's flawed in its own right. And that's something you have to just be. Have and it's like, not a
0: question, it's an answer.
1: It's an excuse. That's really what you're looking at for, and it is an excuse. That being said, it's a matter of halachic uh, discussion. A lot of authorities do permit it. And to be honest, any woman who wears a wig will tell you that not only can they tell, but for themselves, they have like that built in recognition and they are carrying themselves in such a way that they are very aware that they are married and they're carrying like themselves in that way so that's the that's the reality the reality is is that maybe they look beautiful but they still have that line which is what is really what's what they're doing with a wig is showing that they are uh, attached to their husband, they're connected to their husband, and they don't want to breach that kind of relationship with another man.
0: It's very interesting. You're saying that it has nothing really to do with other people it ha- and how they perceive the woman who's married. It's for the married woman herself, how she will perceive herself as being reserved for her husband.
1: And it is a very, very, uh, there is no woman who wears a wig who is, even for a moment, Not very aware that she is wearing her wig, okay? As comes with an uh, extreme consciousness. And not right, exactly. And that is a very, very powerful thing in terms of how that woman will carry herself, how she acts with somebody else. It's with a certain dignity, with with a certain appropriate distance between Modesty. modesty. That's what's happening. And the reality is, is that it's not true that the, it doesn't matter. It does matter. And they know very, very well what, and they're very aware of their presence. It's not the duty of anyone to appear as ugly. That's not a requirement. That's not the Jewish belief. You want to be a beautiful person inside and out, but it's a matter of feeling that sense of I have a bond with my husband. And that's what it's about. And that bond is very manifest and very felt and acted upon when they are following the law. So between me and you, that's the idea that it really does work, honestly. And the, the, the behavior is by definition going to be different. And that's why Um, the question is not true. It's not, doesn't work. It's not true that there is no difference. There is a very big difference.
0: You know, I think like this is that one of the important pieces that people need to understand is that the Torah wants us not only to be beautiful and to feel good about ourselves, the Torah wants us to appreciate our own uniqueness and our relationships meaning we have to create a barrier from there just being this open, casual conversation between a married woman and a man who she's not married to. And that's one of those things is here. Here's a very attractive component of a woman and can draw attention, can draw a, a, um, an, an attraction. And that's specifically the area where Hashem tells us In his Torah, that part should be reserved just for your spouse. And when a woman is married and has this recognition, this consciousness of her reserved status for her husband by having her hair covered, this will hopefully serve as an extra protective measure between her, God forbid, falling into a trap or in an
1: unwanted relationship. Relationship. And it's important to point out, and this is something that people sometimes also make a mistake. They are very careful about covering their hair, but in terms of the rest of, they can, they can have that contradiction. Um, the idea is not to be, um, attracting attention in immodest clothing either. It's a, it's a whole picture of carrying yourself in a modest, very dignified way. That's part of, the, that's part of the story. It's not just hair covering. It's, the full picture of someone who is dignified, who is carrying themselves in, in that manner, is a queen. Um, and just like that's that's a, that's the view of Judaism of of the Jewish woman is a prin- they're a princess, they're a queen, and just they're like a, they're noble, and just like it's uh, it's self evident that a, that a queen carries herself with the most dignity and carries herself in a very appropriate manner. And is not uh, very revealing. That's exactly what Judaism requires and expects of 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 uh, of their noble women that they that that are part of Judaism.
0: The rabbis didn't make up the rules, and the rabbis don't want to make our lives miserable. Everything in Judaism is structured in a way to maximize our connection uh, with ourselves, with our spouse, with the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. And to bring out the absolute best in every single person and in every single relationship, so
1: I just feel that uh, that it's it's a very important thing. Let's say I just want to point out like this. Let's say you, there are opinions that do feel that uh, uh, a hair covering that's very attractive may be inappropriate, and. It's an opinion, and there's a, and it's definitely there are authorities that feel that way, and understandably and, so. And according
0: to that, those opinions, they sh- they don't approve of women we- wearing
1: wigs. Exactly, and they want other forms of hair covering, uh, like a, uh, they wear uh, what we call a, a tichel in Yiddish. I don't know what the English word is. A in scarf, Hebrew it's mitpachat. Mitpachat. It's like a, a scarf that many women wear. If you look in Israel, there's a, it's a lot more common. And I just want to point out, it's just a very important thing. A lot of times people feel, well, I can't do the ultimate most religious way because that's way too much for me, and therefore they drop everything. And I think that's a terrible mistake, and that it's, it's not only, this is just a great example of that type of error. Of way of thinking
0: you know what the one the, they say that the, one of the biggest mistakes jews make about judaism is that they think that it's all or nothing and that's not true you know what i had someone once tell me he says rabbi you know who am i kidding i'm going to wear a, a yarmulke when i come to synagogue when i go eat non-kosher food like who am i kidding like it's like it all has to be 100 or nothing and that's not true everything that we can do every step that a person can take is critically important to their growth and to their connection with the Almighty. So if a person says, Oh, well, I didn't pray in the, with the greatest intention. So therefore,
1: you know, I'm dropping it all. (laughs) I'm dropping it all.
0: No, that's not the way it works. It's definitely a person should not think so. Um, you know, if a person says, Well, I didn't wear to fill in for the first 30 years of my life. So then. I forget about it's it. Too it's, it's too late. It's too late. It's a lost there's, cause. There's and no such thing. There's no that, such thing. Not only Every mitzvah brings our bond with the Almighty closer and closer.
1: Right. And it's so important to think about in terms of, let's talk about in terms of a, a relationship. I think it's just a very good way to understand. If you have a a, a spousal relationship and you know that there's certain things that annoys your spouse, and it annoys them to no end. Does that mean that you should do? And you, and you, and it's very hard for you to change that. It's just very difficult. It's something that's part and parcel of you or whatever it is. Does that mean you should give up? Does that mean that you shouldn't bother at all? Of course not. Yeah, that's a difficult thing. That's something that your spouse is going to work on. That you're going to work on. Maybe sometimes you'll be more successful. Maybe you'll be a little less successful. But that does that's no reason to give up just because. You can't be perfect in every which way. It's foolish to think that we can be perfect in every way. It's foolish to expect of ourselves that we will always be perfect in every way. But the effort and whatever you can do, whatever you you still you're you're in the level of being able to do, that's so much appreciated. That will be appreciated by somebody we have a strong relationship with. And even when you fail sometimes, but you're successful other times, that's also going to be appreciated. It's not, it's not a zero sum game. That's so, so important. And I think that what's really behind this question is people feel that the, since it's too difficult, the entire thing, they, they give it up completely. And that to me, between, you know, modesty works that way as well as all the areas of the Torah to the extent that you can be a, a little bit more modest, it's a different level. It's a world of a difference. It means so much more. So, uh,
0: I, you know we, we've had the you know, an incredible privilege of having so many people come to our house over, for Shabbos uh, over the years uh, that, that have come. And so many people have commented. They say, you know, we pulled up here on Shabbos. In our car and we look and we see the women are so beautiful. The men look so, everyone looks so regal. The children are dressed so refined. Like, how is this that all beautiful people live here? I said, you don't understand. There is a, a special beauty that comes with being private. There's an intrigue. There's an attraction that comes with being private. The world thinks out there that the more revealed someone is the more attractive it will become it's quite the opposite it's the more someone is more modest they become more attractive they become more refined they become more regal you know it's like someone was saying to me you know when the king was coronated uh, just recently in england so he said that all the women looked like they were orthodox women because they were all covering their elbows. They were all wearing skirts that were covering their knees. And, you know, they looked like they were Orthodox Jews, but they weren't. That's royalty. That's what they looked like. And that's what we look like because we are royalty. And that's what we need to constantly aspire to, to feel like we are worthy of being royalty. We are the children of Hashem and Hashem wants us to walk around in a dignified manner.
1: Just another. Once we're on the topic, it's uh, this dignity is not only manifest in dress; it's in so many areas of behavior of how we talk, how we walk, how we act with one another. That dignity, that dignity is so beautiful. It's it's um, something that when you see it, like you said, your guests are uh, notice it. It's something that stands out in a, such a positive, inspiring way. And that's really what it is. It's 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 a it's the full picture when you think about it. And it's so um, it's, it's noticeable. No, I don't.
0: I don't want to say that it's more attractive. There's no cheapening. You don't want to cheapen a, a human being. Is such a great creation of Hashem. Why cheapen yourself by removing the garb? On the contrary, use it as use the garb as an opportunity to become more dignified. Anyway, beautiful. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, my dear friends. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at podcast at torchweb.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Rabbi Nagel looks forward to hearing from you. And we look forward to addressing your questions in future episodes. My dear friends, till next time. Amazing. Thank you so much.